The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Glad to be here this morning. First of all, I want to thank everybody who's been so so supportive of Mile High Church during this time. Uh, we appreciate so much your gifts to keep us going. Um, we're going strong, and thank you for being a part of that. There's information up on the screen. If you can join us today in giving, we would appreciate that so much. So uh, thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. And, um, you know, I'm going to be uh, speaking today. It's been, uh, it was just about a month ago um, that I spoke up here on a Wednesday night, and I uh, I was talking about going beyond our tribes, about going beyond our tribal divisions of, uh, of race and, and ethnicity and economics and uh, that we can reach beyond our tribes and build something together. And so much has happened in that one month. So much has happened. And so um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about moving our way through this, uh, through this time. It's a time of uncertainty. It's a time of change. We seem to be in what looks like a wilderness of uncertainty and chaos and upheaval. So how do we find our way through it? And, um, you know, one thing that's always meant a lot to me is the, is the compass, the metaphor of the compass, the uh, symbolism of the compass. Um, I worked as a surveyor for many years uh, before I found my ministry here at Mile High Church. And so that's why I love the compass because I love its simplicity and the way that... Um, we can find our way if we know how to use a compass, and uh, no matter how lost we might seem, we can find a bearing and we can find our way through. So I've used this symbology a lot in my songs and also um, something that we talk to our children here at Mile High Church too, to um, how to build a compass and how to, uh, how to find out where true north is and how to find true north within ourselves. Dr. Patty used to talk about us jumping to center when we were in Rainbow Day Camp, and that's part of what the compass is, to find true center within ourselves. And so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that today. And how do, we find, how do we find our internal compass? How do we align ourselves with it in this time that seems so, so chaotic and so uncertain? And so the first thing I wanted to talk about this morning was... Um, checking our sources. We've got to be clear about what sources we're listening to, and there is so much information out there now, so many sources. Uh, and it's not always the loudest or the most prominent voice that we should be listening to. And so I think we need to be aware of all the information that's coming at us, of uh, a 24-hour news cycle, of of pundits from both sides of the political spectrum, of news from both sides of the political spectrum, social media, that might not be the best place to get your information. There's a lot of voices on there. So how do we align with a deeper source of information, with a, uh, a deeper truth that lives within us? And I think checking our sources is a way to keep ourselves clear. That's what's so important about our uh, about our spiritual practice, about checking our sources and tapping into what's within us. You know, this week I um, <clears throat> started teaching a Bible workshop on Friday morning. It's a thing called New Eyes on the Bible. I've been teaching this for a long time, and I just, I just love it. I love it, and uh, I love getting people together on Friday morning and uh, 
I miss the snacks, but the rest of it is pretty good. And one of the things we talked about this week was um, one of the most beloved Bible verses that there is, which is the 23rd Psalm, which was probably written by David about 1000 BC. David was a musician. He was also a shepherd. uh, And he was the one with the slingshot with Goliath. And... um, Father of Solomon, he had quite a he had quite a journey through life, David. And the thing that he wrote in the twenty third Psalm was, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Make me lie down in green pastures, leads me by the still waters. This was a metaphor for him that was so important to have a shepherd, because he'd been a shepherd, to have that guidance system within him. And that guidance system lives in all of us. And so I invite you this morning to think about that, about that guidance system. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, when we think about that, we talked about it in our, in our class on Friday. I wanted everybody to drop back into this because it's something that we've heard as a source of comfort through the years, through the generations, for thousands of years now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does it bring to your mind this morning that there is a guidance system? You know, David called it the Lord. Jesus called it the Father within. Emerson called it the Oversoul. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, called it the thing itself. I'm calling it our internal compass. Whatever you might call it, you know that there's something within you that knows. Your intellect Beyond that, beyond what we've seen in the world, beyond what we've learned in the world, there is something deeper in us that knows, and we want to be connected with that, and we want to use that as a source for the way to go. How do we find our way? There is a part of us that knows, beyond the beliefs that we've been handed from the people we grew up with, beyond the beliefs of religion and society. There is a part of us that knows the right way to go. And so I invite us this morning to tap into that and to check our sources as we move forward through this chaotic time, to check our sources. And the next thing I wanted to talk about was about um, embracing this change, embracing this time of change that we're in right now. You know, when I'm in a position like this, and I'm going to be coming in and talking on a Sunday in a time like this, uh, I've got to check sources too. What am I going to, uh, what am I going to tap into to help guide me to what to say? So a place I like to go is to the I Ching. It's a, uh, it's an oracle writing from probably 900 BC. So it's an old writing. And so this week I, um, through the coins of the I Ching to see what would come up for me when I asked the question about what is, my, what is my internal compass? What is it? And this is what I got. The independence of the superior person is not based on rigidity and immobility of character. They always keep abreast of the times and change with them. What endures is the unswerving directive, the inner law of being which determines all actions. I love that phrase, the inner law of being which determines all actions. 
That's what's important to us to tap into in this time. The inner law of our being which determines all actions. In this time that we're in, which can seem so uncertain, when there are so many voices, there's a part of us that knows the inner law of our being. It's been that way forever. Humanity has tapped into this wisdom that is inherent in us, that is alive in all of us. And as we're here this morning, the killing of George Floyd has opened a wound in our culture that has been here for 400 years. And we can't turn away from it now. We're looking at it. It's important that we look at it. It's important that we look at that wound and that we're all a part of healing it. This is about all of us. You know, I've had the opportunity uh, this week to talk to uh, our son a lot. Our youngest son lives in New York City. Um, he's been a part of these demonstrations. He's been out um, with his girlfriend. They've been marching in the street. They did the march across the uh, Brooklyn Bridge the other day following George Floyd's family. And he's been talking about what the energy is like in the street. The energy is like with the uh, demonstrators. What's really going on out there? And he said it is so peaceful, uh, so respectful, the way that people are talking to each other. Um, you don't see that picture on the news a lot. But he said he's been so inspired to be out there, to be a part of these talks, and um, to meet people out on the street, and to see the unity of the races coming together. You know, he lives in, he lives in Brooklyn. That's where his apartment is. And he's been to a lot of demonstrations in Brooklyn. He said there might be, you know, 50 to 80% white people there. And he said the speakers who are there, the black speakers who are there say, thank you. Thank you for being with us. All of us are a part of this. All of us are a part of this change, and we need to work on this together. I think that feeling of unity, that feeling of peaceful demonstration, which we are moving towards, and there's always that chaos in the beginning when a wound is ripped open, and we've seen that chaos too, but we are moving towards peaceful change. What a gift for me as an old hippie to be talking to my son about peaceful change in the street. It's just incredible, and it's happening. It's happening right now. You know, uh, our founder, Ernest Holmes, in one of his last talks, he talked about um, what our place is in the world, what we're here to do. And um, he talked about spiritual evolution. We are part of spiritual evolution still. He said, we are a part of the evolution of human destiny. We are a part of the divine intelligence in human affairs. That's why we're here. That's what our work is. That that divine intelligence, God, the shepherd, whatever you call it, is evolving our culture through us. We're the ones who have this opportunity right now at this time to not look away, but to continue to move forward. You know, a few years ago, one of our great ministers, Michael Beckwith, was here. I remember him speaking in this auditorium right here, and he said something that has always stuck with me. He said, we want to change the world. We want to save the world. 
So many people in this room today want to save the world. And he said, we are not here to save the world, but to serve an emerging paradigm of love, connectedness, and generosity of heart. That's what we're here to do. We're here to be a part of the evolution of this culture, of this society, of this planet. That's why we're here, to serve that emerging paradigm of wholeness and oneness. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is staying true to your course. You know, it was about uh, 20 years ago, maybe a little over 20 years ago, our own Dr. Roger Teal, Dr. Michael Beckwith, some other ministers got together and they started something called the Association for Global New Thought. And one of the first things that they came up with was an education program called the Season for Nonviolence that would be honored between the dates of January 30th and April 4th, the assassination dates of Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi. And there would be a time when we talked about nonviolence, when we taught it, when we worked with our kids. It's, uh, it's a part of our DNA in Mile High Church, the teachings of Gandhi and King. So we are staying true to that now. We invite you to be with us to stay true to this. You know, this week our, uh, our ministers got on the phone, all of us got onto uh, a Zoom call and just talked about what do we do now? How do we go forward from here? We don't have the answers, but we are committed to going forward with here and staying true to that DNA of nonviolence of Gandhi and King. We hope that you will join with us. We hope that you will continue to stay with us as we, as we move through this time to keep communicating, to keep learning, to keep growing. You know, one of the other, uh, one of the other people that came here during the season for nonviolence, one of the other founders was a man named Arun Gandhi, who was the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi. And he was just one of those guys that when he walked in the room, you could feel the vibration going up. He was a great, uh, a great man who believed in the power of nonviolence. And he called nonviolent change the greatest weapon that we have against racial injustice, against social injustice. And the first time he came here to speak, um, Dr. Kent asked me to write a song to open the... the um, the program that evening, something that we could play together that would honor the uh, teachings of Gandhi and King. And it's been, uh, it's been a part of our uh, culture, this song and this idea uh, that has kind of led us through this wilderness of change. And it's, uh, it's something that I want to close with here today. It's called On the High Road. <clears throat> and it's about... Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and all the people who have taken the high road through these times of chaos and change and stayed true to the principles of nonviolence. And on the high road, you can feel their power. And on the high road, we are not alone. The compass lies within our hearts to mark our traverse through the dark. The circumstances change, but love is still the same on the high road. So I invite you this morning to stay with us, to stay on the high road, 
to speak kindly to people who might think exactly opposite of you, to stay in this, to bring your consciousness. Often we think that what we do is only a drop in a bucket. Know today that we are filling the bucket with our drops. We are stronger together. I want to thank Tom for his beautiful songs and also Bradley and that amazing message from Dr. Barry. And uh, my title is Raising Above Normalcy. And what in the world is normal anymore? A lot of people have asked me. As Barry talked about, you know, we're living in such an incredible time, a time of such changes that are taking place, such struggles and also such incredible times of kindness and humbleness. We don't want to leave that out in our struggles because perhaps it's a struggle coming back to what is normal, what is normal. I sense that normal is a new way, that's what I want to speak about, a new way of opening and remembering the true meaning of who we are as loving beings. It was interesting um, knowing that we're living in such changing times. I found this, it said, it was from um, notice from the Association of Psychiatrists. It said, dear citizen, during the uh, pandemic, it is considered normal to talk to your plants and pets, but kindly contact us only if they reply. And you know what? I understand that Dr. Barry has a talking dog. <laughs> so what is normal anyway? You know, it's defined by um, conforming to a standard. What is expected? Our wants, our expectations, our routines, our traditions. And a lot of that has been um, pushed aside, and here we stand. And we stand raising above the conditions and raising above the effects. Indeed, there is a call for change. And it brought to mind the Chinese symbol, two symbols, one symbol referring to crisis, because so many people say we're in a crisis. Indeed. But the Chinese symbol, one of the characters represents danger, and the other symbol, referring to the word crisis, represents a tipping point. We are at a tipping point. We are at a turning point in our creation of who we are. And it's asking us to be radically very, very flexible. So Barry mentioned chaos. So we have crisis and we have chaos. And the root word of chaos refers to a formless state of matter or crossing a, a chism in life. And I know the cycles of creation continue, and those cycles of creation, of change, are asking us to change the inside to bring it to the outside. Or as good religious scientists, to recognize the inside. It's not just a theory. What is the inside? Inside is that light of the divine, is that love that has always been present. Dr. Ernest Holmes said this, he wrote, peace is brought about through a conscious unity of the personal man with the inner principle of his life. 
that underlying current flowing from a divine center, pressing ever outward into expression. So it's about consciousness. It's about being awake. And I want to speak a little bit about consciousness. It's interesting. Barry spoke about a divine law. I refer to it as a cosmic law. And that all of life responds to a cosmic law. We as human beings also do. But when I think about the allness of life, I think about the plants, about the animals, about the trees. They respond to a cosmic law. And we as human beings, we have an agenda. And we call it consciousness. We're awake. Sometimes fast asleep, but we are awake. But that agenda many times brings to us a perception. We have different perceptions of different groups, different perceptions of ourselves. And I too am going to quote Dr. Michael Beckwith when he said, the world is held together by opinion, beliefs, experience, and it comes together as agreement. It comes together as structure. And we all have a different perception. So with that different perception, so many times, don't we, judge? We judge ourselves. We judge others. And many times we use the word conscious, like I'm so spiritually conscious. But we turn around and we're judging ourselves. Or we're judging another person. And we become angry. There's been a lot of anger out in the world. There's a lot of anger out there in this moment. Anger has been defined as wanting or not wanting something. What is it that we want? What is it that we know that lives within us? So when we blame and when we hold to shame and we stay in anger, we push away the, the pains of growth. And I'm sensing that we are in the pains of growth. We're growing into a new normalcy. So it is a time for us to listen, and to listen from that place of heart, and to learn from the chaos, to be able to move forward. And it's interesting because when we look at um, our perceptions, our mental perceptions, and our emotional perceptions of things, it's like an ego block. And the ego, the mental concepts of who we think we are or someone else is, can block our spiritual growth. And I want to read this. It says, ego love. Every enemy is a symbol of our own loveless state. The absence of love gets filled by experiences of separation in the form of conflict, waning emotions. By returning to a state of love, we rob separation of a place to live. So I feel it's very uh, imperative that we build a bridge over that chism. And that we realize that we are not our histories but we move back into that place of pure creation. Things have been hidden. 
and they can't be hidden anymore. So it's about transparency. To be transparent, to be able to see ourselves and to see others, and to be able to trust. So I ask us today, what are we really, really interested in on this spiritual walk? Are we interested giving all our attention to hate, to fear? Or are we cherishing and giving our attention to love itself? So I want to leave you with just three tools. The first one, for us to give up unhealthy beliefs about ourselves, to give those up. Because when we complain, we make ourselves into victims. Two, to give up unhealthy beliefs of others. Don't give your power away. Three, give up unhealthy beliefs about the world. Pray for peace and a greater level of honoring and respect. So we must clarify the future with love. When I speak about the human being and all of nature, we all drink milk. And what I mean by that, we all drink water. Water sustains us. Our breath sustains us. And so let us love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Let our love be touchable. Being with our brothers and our sisters. I don't care if their face is black, it's red, it's brown, it's yellow, or it's white. We have all come from the very center of creation itself, that God life. So perhaps our job description for all humans, is to live from our God-given creation, our God-given center, and to realize there's one thing that never changes, it's changeless, and that is that living spirit. And that's where we all have come from, and that's where we're all going, and that's where we are in this very moment. So the job description for all humans is to live from our God-given center, to tell a new creation story about how humanity was lifted by love. And I want to close by reading a beautiful poem that I found on Facebook. It was written by Leslie Dwight. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is a year we've been waiting for? You're so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change. We declare change. We work for change. We become the change. A year we finally band together instead of push, pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. 
So I ask that you just be with me in prayer in this moment. Just recognizing that holy, sacred center. That holy, sacred center that is the God spot. That point of grace within all beings. From the tiniest creatures to each one of us as human beings. And that we now open to that omni-action, omni-being-one, that one action, that action of respect, renewal, and we remember. We remember what is really real and what is the meaning of what seems to be is what is real and what is lasting. So I give thanks in this moment with a heart filled with incredible gratitude for all beings, for all who pray, all who sing, all who shout, even those that buzz and hum, all creatures everywhere, for we are all related. And so just resting Resting in the divine right now. We stand rested and remembered. And we step forward in the light of love. And I declare this into being, and so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.